This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. Now, if you will, go to Philippians, and we're going to sit there, Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to rest there. But I'm going to deal with people, or all of us, that have one time said or still don't understand what, what's my purpose. What's my purpose? What am I, you know, what, what does God have me here for? And I told you on last week that... Because you've asked this question that, you know, we, we, what makes divine purpose um, confusing is that the church has confused us with it. It's confused us with the use of purpose, calling, and passion interchangeably. And because we've used it interchangeably, innocently, but it's still incorrectly. And see, we want to look at some big you know, God is going to tell me this is what he needs, I need to do for purpose. But I'm going to show you through the scriptures, I'm going to give you scriptures to write down. We're not going to go to every one of them because I won't get where I need to be. But I want you to write them down so that you can go back and look at them. So what is God's definition of divine purpose? Let's rightly divide the word of truth. Our first clue about divine purpose is found in the book of Exodus, Exodus 9, verse 16. And it reads, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In other words, every believer not some, every believer's divine purpose is to be used by God for his purpose. Every believer. Its divine purpose is to be used by God for his purpose. What is God's divine purpose, we ask, for our lives? To show the world his power. He wants to show his, the world his power through us. Yes, little us. He said, I want to show the world my power through you. And it says, so that his name might be proclaimed in all the earth. It's simple as that. I want to show my power through you that my name will be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. But, that, but it's more. There's more. So let me confirm, let me, just to confirm God's purpose for our lives, well, let me define what purpose is not. Divine purpose is not what we do for a living. That's our passion that we have talent for. That's not your divine purpose. It's not how you serve the kingdom. That's our calling that we are gifted for. It's not your purpose. God's divine purpose for our lives is to manifest power and to make his name great through us. So I want you to grab that. Hold that. His divine purpose is not for you to do all the things, even in the church, that you think you're doing for him. That's not his purpose. His purpose is that his name 
through you by his power will be all over the earth. Showing it. But let's go a little deeper. How do we manifest this power and make God's name great? (laughs) Or how do we fulfill God's divine purpose for our lives? There's only one way. Now make sure you're going to write down these scriptures. The only way that you're going to is through worship. Now that last song is worship. Through worship. The Bible says in Psalm 66 and 4, write it down, All the earth shall worship and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. All of the earth shall sing praises to God. Sing praises to his name. Psalm 66 and 4. So we manifest power... Through worship. You want power, you worship. You want God's power to throw through you, be a worshiper. And a worshiper is not someone that has to pump you up. A worshiper comes from the heart. I can worship without music, without instruments. I can worship sitting at my desk. I can worship in my car. A worshiper. I don't need the added things to make me a worshiper. Oh, I can't wait. i got to hear the music so I can worship. You can worship. A true worshiper can worship without music. Are you following me? We manifest power through worship because the Bible says we were created to worship God. You were created to worship God. In spirit and in truth, which causes us to decrease so God can increase. He says in John 3 and 30, he must increase and we must decrease. And when I begin to worship, he increases and I decrease. We're talking about purpose. I know you, you wanted some big long thing that you, you were supposed to do. No, no. Worship. True worship. Apostle Paul reminded us of this when he said, but he said to me in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, write it down. My grace is sufficient for you. That's what God told him. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will, and Paul said, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Now see, right there is it. See, we think the power is what we can do, but it's in our weakness that his power rests upon you. When I exchange my weakness for his strength, the power is there. Let's, I want to read that again. Second Corinthians 12 and 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's when it's going to be shown. Therefore, I will boast of all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So let's put it into perspective. Purpose is not a mystery to be solved about what God wants us to do. 
or want us to be in this life. It's not a mystery. It's not, oh, I need to know. I don't want you to think of God wanting you to be in a place of purpose that is something mysterious. It's not. Are you with me? We are created to worship, to fulfill God's purpose through us. That's what he's going to do. He said, I want to fulfill my purpose through you. Every, yes, you are worthy of it. He, Jesus made you worthy that you are a vessel of honor. You're a vessel that God said, become a worshiper that I might show my power in your weakness. And he said, and in that, my power will be manifested and God's name will be made great. The Bible says, for if God who works in you to will and to do in order to fulfill his good purpose, that's in Philippians 2 and 13. Listen, his will is... He wants to. He wants you to position yourself. Why do you think he's given us all these teachings? He said, position yourself for purpose. Position yourself to become a worshiper so that my name can be great in the earth, so that my power can be seen in your weakness as you walk the earth. See, a lot of times we think because of our weakness, oh, well, I don't know if God, uh, you know. No, God said, no, you're in a good spot. It's in your weakness that my strength is going to be revealed and the power is going to come upon you and my name will be made great because they'll be like, you know what, I thought they were weak. But when they began to open their mouth, when they began to worship God, there's power. Are you, are you following me? There is no other divine purpose in Christ other than that. I don't care how many times people tell you this and, well, this is God's purpose for you. I know what God's purpose. There is no other purpose. God is ready for you to give him your weakness so that he can empower you so that his name will be great. And through worship, we allow God to use us for his purpose. Our testimony for his purpose. Our story for his glory. All of those things for God. And our life is as proof. God said, I want your life as proof. I want you to position yourself so your life can be proof that God is the strength of my heart. Psalm 73 and 26. That God is the strength of my heart. Let your life be the proof that God is the strength of my heart. How can you stand after a loved one that you loved dearly die? It's because God is the strength of my heart. In my weakness, His power is revealed. When I worship, His power comes upon me and his name is great. And every believer, listen to me, every believer has the exact same divine purpose. There's not any different. Every believer has the exact same divine purpose. And what is that? 
to allow God to use your walk as a believer for an example of his power. God, use my life so that his name will be made known just with your walk. We all have the same divine purpose. But we all have different passions. Did you get that? We all have the same divine purpose, but we all have different passions. Some of us might have the same, but everybody have different passions, and that's okay. But the divine purpose is the same for his glory. In Colossians 3 and 17, it said, And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything belongs to him. Finding our passion begins with discovering what our compassion is. What our passion is. What, is. what am I compassionate about? You find that out. You know what your passion is or what your compassion is. What excites you? What motivates? And then you allow him to use your talent. See, we want to give, we want to give world, the world all of our talent. Even what you're compassionate with, make sure I'm even yielding that to God. That's why that should never be a time that somebody has to beg you to sing. Not here. But possibly you're not a worshiper because a worshiper would be like, you don't have to ask. It's what I want to do because that's where the power resides. That's where it's going to come in me and give me the power. God's going to work through me that his name will be great. and work. That's my purpose. You were created to worship him. Are you with me? Now, you can be passionate about your calling. But understand, understand this, your calling is not by choice, it's by assignment. Did you hear me? Your calling is not, listen, your calling is not by choice. It's by assignment. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, it said, all these gifts of the Spirit... Are the, work, are the work of one in that self-same spirit. And he distributes to each and every one of us as he sees fit, as he determines, as gifts. And when we can understand that, then we can flow. When we can understand that, we can move. When we can understand that, the power is going to come on the inside. When we can understand that, God is going to exchange that weakness you have and give you his strength. And his name will be great because people will see your walk. And they will say, I'm strengthened by your walk. Ask yourself, have anybody been strengthened by your walk? See, if someone has been strengthened by your walk, that means that the power resides on the inside of you and it's making his name great. Because they're saying, man, you know, just watching him or her, it strengthens me. That has to be God. Nobody could do that but God. So now what? His name is great. Now when situations or circumstances happen to you, you can have that same strength. Because you remember what you watched in another person's weakness, the strength and the power of God. 
And all of it is so that his name will be great. So that he can use us for his purpose. We were created to worship him. So for, for many of you, you have to go home and you got to study out worship. Worship. Praise is different from worship. And it's, 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 it's just as important, but it's different. Because you can worship God without music. You have to have that time for that. That is the difference when understanding purpose, callings. They're not the same. We don't interchange them. We understand that purpose, is, is, it means nothing else other than I need to position myself to be used by God. And, I, and to do that, I must worship Him because I'm created for that. You want strength? Begin to worship God. Begin to understand what God is saying and how God is saying it. And then you'll say, you know what, I understand I understand exactly where I'm where I am. Purpose. Everybody say purpose. Now, we're going to start this new turn. I I had to give you that and after uh, after our visitor, I'm not going to try to mispronounce your name until I get to know you, but um I'm uh we're going to, I have another I guess I left my other sheet in there. I had um, you know what? I fool around so much. But that's okay. Let me let me make sure. I told my son, I said, you know what? Your dad used to always tell me to get, just get an iPad. And, and and I was like, I oh, know it's too much and it'll go off the page and I don't know how to get back. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to learn because these, these are too many sheets of paper. And there it is. It's just too much. Too much. But are you in Philippians chapter 3? Now... Now that we're focused and we're undistracted, we need to understand where God is taking us now. God has dealt with us for over nine weeks about staying focused, being undistracted when everything is going on. But now it's time for us as a body of believers to build on the vision. We want to build our lives our personal lives, and we want to build this church on a great foundation. Now, we've already had a foundation placed in our lives, but now we also need to understand that we have to establish this church on the foundation that was laid. But in our personal life, we need to have a foundation, and we need to build on the vision. Listen, we cannot and will not be wall builders or any builders if we cannot press forward. We have to press. We got to move. Did you hear me? We got to press and we have to move. In this ministry, we have to press and we have to move. You can't build your life and you can't build this church unless we are able to move, press. We cannot get caught up in the affairs of this life that it gets us off focus and distracted. And we cannot move the vision further, push the vision further. 
It's not about what you do in ministry. It's about where you are in your personal life, in your period, in order to be able to build in your own life, in the life of this ministry, you must be able to move. Or we can't build in our lives. And we won't build in this church. Paul said, I press toward the prize. I press toward toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, to press means write it down because you need to understand because we're going to use the word press a lot. Press means to constantly make progress. To constantly make progress. Can you constantly make progress? So very important. Constantly, consistently make progress. You have to make progress. Now listen, consistently making progress can be difficult. See, it sounds easy, but it's difficult. Hold this. Because we're going to embark on some teaching for the next few weeks on how to press towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So that we can not only move our lives, but we can move this ministry. Don't be shaken or don't be thought about who came back, who's not coming back. Don't even be messed up or caught up with who's not in the chair. Just be where you are right now because it's time to move. And when it's time to move, see, some people are waiting for the, wait, well, I'm going to wait until this happens. No, no, you're all out of order, not a lie. Right now, move. You have to. Starting with your lives and then this ministry. Because you can't start with the ministry in this life, because if your life is not moving, you can't move in this ministry. Are you with me? And me personally, I want to make sure that we know how to have a continuous press. The teachings that God has laid out before me and the teachings that that I have laid out for the minister is to make us continuously press. I want to make sure that we know how to reach forward to those things that are before us. Listen, we got to learn to reach forward to those things that are before us. I want to make sure that we forget those things that are behind. we got to forget those things that are behind. Those things that are in your past. you got to forget those. See, that's the problem. That's why you have not been able to move forward. That's why you have not been able to push forward. You continuously look back at the past. you got to forget the past. If you're going to move. You gotta forget the past. Listen, we must understand this truth. The will of God is in front of us. The will of God is in front of us. It's not behind us. So don't look back. The will of God is in front of us. Everybody say the will of God is in front of us. But if we're honest, sometimes we struggle to move. We struggle to move. 
And when we need to move, and even though we, you know, you know the will of God is in front of you, and even though you know what to do, it's a struggle. I heard it in Next Gen. Even though you love the Lord, there's still a struggle. But even though you have the struggle, and even though you know what you ought to do, you have to continuously press, no matter what. You can't give up. You can't stop. You can't say, wait a minute, this is going on. You can't pause. You've got to press. Pause is not what we do as a believer. We press. Even though we know that we should be reaching forward to those things that are before us. Even though we know that we, are so, we, we need to forget those things that are in the past. We've talked that before. We know that we need to forget those things that are behind us. You know that you can't live in the past, but it's still a struggle. And this is why you can't press. But still, sometimes we struggle to continue to press and move because we keep doing the same thing. The success of this ministry, listen, is dependent upon us continuing to move forward. No matter what, no matter what, we must continue to move forward as a church. Not even, listen, not even though that are part of the church, you can say, okay, this part is being successful. You know, we're going to be successful in this area. We're going to, you know, be successful in that area. But this is what I'm not sure of. Even though the ministry might go in success in different areas, I am not very convinced that everyone a part of the ministry is pressing forward. To be successful. And I don't want a church being successful and the people not. I mean, you know, you do this and you buy some land and you do this and you do that. But the people, when you look out and you see the struggles, you you go, okay, we got this, we got that, and and we're moving forward. We got the fellowship hall working. Matter of fact, we're gonna, we're just gonna, uh, Deacon, we're gonna just, let everything in at that one so we can start because we're getting an air conditioner and a heater put back there. So whatever's today is fine and we're going to move on and get the people going on. See, those type of things we might be successful at doing. But if I look out and everybody's struggling, that's no good. That's no good. We we gotta understand that. We gotta understand that. Let me pull this out because I don't want Kelly to come out here and <clears throat> listen. I've learned something over the past few years, and I want to share it with you so you can get it too. There is a difference between moving and moving forward. Sounds like the same, but it's not. There's a difference between moving 
in moving forward. Or there's a difference with pressing and pressing forward. And oftentimes we move around a lot. We move and we do this and we do that. We're doing a lot of things. We do a lot of things till we're exhausted at the end of the day. See, that's just moving. (laughs) And you may even put forth an effort in what you do, but when you look up at the end of the day, after all of your moving around, have you noticed you're in the same place? That's not moving forward. That's just moving. There's a difference. You can just do a whole bunch of stuff. Just moving, moving, moving. But I'm right here. I'm the same place. So as your pastor, I want to make sure that we know the difference in just moving or just pressing around doing stuff. And tiring ourselves out at the end of the day. But when you look up year after year, you look up this year, you're still in the same place you were last year. Not good. That's, that means I was moving, but never moving forward. I was just moving. And I look back at the other year and the year before that, I was the same place. We need to press family. You know, I have said in time past, and I think I just recently said it, and I still mean it to a certain extent, but I want to show you my growth and my maturity as well. I always say that the train is just going to keep on going. I'm the bus is going to roll. It's the, the train's going to jump on, jump off, you, whatever. You, you, if you miss it, you miss it. We're going to go. Because you got to get on it or whichever one. And I've said that. But you know what? Through time and maturity. Now the, the bus or the train, it's going to still go. It has to. But I have in my maturity and in, in God dealing with me in the place where he, he placed me in, I've come to a realization that I can't stop it, but I need to slow the bus down slow the train down because I don't want anybody to miss it to get cut off or get thrown off or get left behind so I'm like okay father uh, you want me to slow it down again I can't stop it because we got to keep moving but I'm slowing it down so you can get it but we need to press family and all of this, this I'm telling you, this, this, this maturity have come since the transitioning of our pastor. That because of the role that I'm in. I say, now slow it down. Now you slow it down. Yeah, again, it can't stop. But I'm slowing it down. Are you with me? Now. I really want to slow down a little in my teaching because I don't want anyone, anyone to be behind. 
everybody has, everybody in the teachings that we have have an opportunity to have the tools that they need to move the will of God forward in their life. The teachings that you get here, you have a great opportunity to operate in these principles and move forward in your life. Press forward in your life. Now listen to me. I'm hoping that nobody have to get out of the way of the train. I hope that nobody gets run over. I hope that everybody can get on and get in the plan of God. That's my heart's desire. I hope that everybody can get in not only the plan of God for their own lives, but for this church. Now listen to me closely, church, because how you handle the next 10 months, 10 or 11 months, we're about to go in April, so all the way into the next year, for the next 10 months, listen, is even more important how you handle these last, it's going to be so important, how do you handle these next months, the next 10 months? It's going to be even more important than how you handled the last 12 months of 2021 it's important from this point on how you handle these next few months listen we are in a closing phase of the pandemic listen to me despite everything that was going on with the 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 fact that the pandemic that you know is here and you know it's 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 waning but no matter what even with the pandemic we must press forward it doesn't matter we must press forward that's why we streamed all the way through it that's why we're continuing on we must press forward in our lives and in this ministry besides besides the pandemic how you handle the next 10 months how you handle the next season of time because that's this is a season that you're in it's a span of time it's a dispensation of time and many of you are getting out of a stagnant place a complacent place that you've been in an idle place and how you handle this now that you're coming out is critical it's critical. You, you don't get it, but I'm telling you, it's critical how you handle this. For the next ten months, it's critical how you handle it. Don't be tricked or fool. I know. You, I mean, if, maybe if I was, you know, had a mega church, you'd believe me. But that is going to be your downfall. I'm telling you, the next ten months is critical. People are taking it lightly. This pandemic has spoiled them to stay at home and not do this and not do that. And trouble is just looming over them and they don't see it. And as pastor, I see many. They're not moving forward. They're not pressing forward. I see many of them, they don't press forward and they blame 
their conditions. They're waiting on a condition to change before they'll change. They said, well, when this change, then I'm going to press. I see it. Then I'm going to move. I'm waiting for this to change. I'm waiting for my income to change. I'm waiting for that to change before I make progress. Before I move forward, before I go forward, I got to wait because I got things that, that's pressing right now and things have to change before I can do this and I can do that. That's going to prove fatal for some. I firmly believe no matter what the external is, God wants us here at Church of the Living Water, to press in His will. We got to press in His will. And so, you know, you, you, you see how cars are parked. A lot, of, a lot of us are just parked. We done put our flashers on. We just parked. And we, we, we just, see, the pandemic has made of that because we parked and we didn't have to go on. You're still parked. And things are happening, but you're parked with your flashers on. But let me tell you something about being parked in your life. Once you are parked in your life, it's hard to get back up and drive again. It's hard. You've been parked so long. Have you ever seen a car that's parked so long and you get in and try to drive it? It's not that easy. Now you need a jump or a booster or a new battery or a new engine or a new everything because why? I was parked so long and now I want to get up and ride and I can't. That's the way it's happening for a lot of people. And they want to get up and press but they can't because they've been parked too long. And God is saying get up and press. Get up and move forward. Listen, you're stuck. That's what you call it. You're stuck. When you're not pressing, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're just stuck there. You're like, oh, why? And you're stuck in your heart. You're stuck in your mind. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm giving you what, what, what the problem is. And I don't want to see any person that our pastor stuck. We don't have to be stuck. I don't want to see any person that our pastor revisiting things instead of moving forward. See, when you're revisiting things, you're, you're looking at the past. Are you with me? In your mind, in your heart. And when you're stuck, this is how you know that you're stuck. When you are a person that's stuck, you always revisit. Now you know. How many times have you went back and keep revisiting that thing? It's because you're stuck. I'm telling you. When you're stuck, that's what you'll do. You'll go back and you'll keep revisiting the past. That he clearly told you to forget the past and press. Stuck in your heart and your mind. 
and you say to yourself because you're stuck, you know, well, you know, if if they wouldn't have done this or, or this wouldn't have happened or that would have if they hadn't have done this and this. listen. Revisiting doesn't make you move forward. Never will. Married people can attest to this. Anytime that you and your spouse get begin to talk and you say about what they said and she say what you said and you say what they done and they say what you done. How many of you know after you get quiet and you and everything is said and done, you in the same stinking place. Now everybody's quiet and mad because I've said what you said and you said what I said and you I told you. Now you're in the same stinking place. You've wasted oxygen, time, arguing about that same thing, and you still haven't gotten anywhere. You know, oftentimes I talk to people or I hear people, and they start referring th- to about things that happened five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen years ago, as it pertains to where they are right now. Well, this is why this happened. This is why that happened. And I'm going back to when this happened. This is when this all started. This is why this is happening here. As pertains to where I am now, they're always revisiting. That's where I am, why I'm where I am today. That is not good. If you keep revisiting to say this is why you are where you are, Nothing that happened that long ago should be the determining factor of where you are right now. It simply means you're stuck. You're stuck. And God stopped by this morning to unstick you. You're stuck. Revisiting, reliving, rehearsing over and over again but never really pressing, not pressing. And you may be moving, but notice you're tired at the end of the day, but you haven't moved forward. You've just been all around, just, just, you know, back and forth, in and out. It's just, it's just a, a just array of nothing. You know, wheels can spin and not go anywhere, don't you? Have you ever been on an exercise bike? A roar? I mean, it's going, but at the end, when you stop, you're in the same place. So just because it's rolling don't mean you're moving forward. You might just be just rolling and not going, just moving, but not moving forward. We want to move forward. You cannot press forward just standing in one spot, just spinning your wheels. Back and forth on the same thing. Revisiting, reliving, rehearsing, just on and on. And there you go, just still doing the same stinking thing. And that don't work. It's just spinning. You're still in the same location. So our purpose, that the people that our pastor won't allow anything to fester, 
anything to build up on the inside where you have to, all you're doing is thinking about this. And every time a person's name come up or every time anything come up pertaining to it, all you do is start thinking about that time and what if this wouldn't happen? What is that? You're reliving. What about pressing? What about pressing forward? What about moving forward? Stop all of that. You're not moving forward. You're just pressing right there. It seems like you're doing something, but you're doing nothing. When we look at the scriptures, the Bible is progressive. And when I say progressive, I'm not talking about politically progressive. But the Bible speaks of movement. If you go and read the Bible, it speaks of movement. It tells us to walk. It tells us to arise. It tells us to go. It tells us to press. It tells us to lead. Tells us to run. See, it's movement. It's movement. He said, run with patience. The race that's set before you. Move. When you go through the Bible, the Old and the New Testament alike, it tells us over and over and over again. It speaks to the fact of those of us that believe in God. Whether it's the Old Testament saints that we and believe that the Savior that was to come, or New Testament saints that believe that Jesus has saved us, it's the same thing. All of the scriptures point to the fact that the believer's walk is one where it must be a continually pressing forward. It has to be a continually moving forward. Now. I'm about to make a statement. I don't want you to write it down right now. I want you to listen closely. And God gave this to me because of many things in the ministry and many things in people's lives that they don't understand about their health. Many people that are dying prematurely or or just, just, or, or just not even dying, just not handling their medical conditions properly. So I want you to listen closely. Because when God gave it to me, I said, God, I, I need to just sit there. Listen to me closely. This is the statement I want to make. If you are born again, Filled with his spirit. Listen closely to what I'm saying. So you won't go say I said something different than other than what I'm saying. Are you following me? If you are born again and filled with God's spirit and to the best of your ability, listen, you have applied the word of God to to your life. In particularly Romans chapter 12 that tells us to transform by the renewing of our minds. You've, you've done that. In 2 Corinthians 10 that tells us to take every thought and bring it into captivity. Make it obey the word of God. Listen. And you've done all of this. You have done everything that you know to do in the natural, that you know to do in the spiritual, and you have applied it 
to the best of your ability. You have applied it line upon line, precept upon precept. You've listened to all the teaching that you've heard taught here and you've gathered it. Listen to me closely. You've heard it. You've gotten it. You've got it down in it. Everything that's being taught, everything that the Word says, and at the end of the day, if you still can't get up and move forward, you may need some additional help. Stay there. You may need some additional help. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. First of all, you need to understand this one thing. Doctors are a good gift. If God didn't want us to go to doctors, he would have made sure Luke what Luke was a physician, a doctor. He would have canceled out all the doctors. Doctors are a good gift. They're not the healer, but they are a good gift. I want to preference that before I continue, because I want you to get this. If you're struggling after all you've heard and read, and you're struggling to press, if you're struggling to reach forward of those things that are before you, after all the teaching that you've gotten, are you still troubling, if you're still struggling with forgetting the things that are behind, you can't, you can't get your mind off of it. You may need additional help. Stay with me. Now, I've never taught this publicly, but when God dropped it in my spirit a while ago, He said, now is the time. It's imperative that you teach this right now. Right now. Again, if you are born again, fill with His Spirit. Hear the Word. Read the Word. Been trying to apply it. But at the end of the day, you can't get up off the canvas. You cannot seem to go forward. You cannot seem to press. Understand this, our mind is an organ, like every other organ in our body. You got that? Every organ in our body needs to have maintenance, need to be maintained, even our mind. Because it's an organ. The mind is no exception. And I want to deal with this right now because God said, right now is the time. The scriptures, the word of God, the Bible teachings of the, of the Holy Spirit, all of those things are essential. Listen, all of those things are essential to good mental health as well as physical health. Did you hear me? Biblical teaching, the word of God, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you is essential to good health. However, sometimes 
our minds need additional help. I know, you, 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 you can't agree, just, just stay with me. Your mind needs additional help to be healthy. It could be from genetics. See, we've thrown that out the way. It could be from predisposition. It can even be from some trauma in your life. Your mind is, has blown a circuit. I can't quite wrap my head around even the teachings. Even though I know their truth. But now things have happened. Whether it's genetics, predisposition, whether it's some trauma in your life. And our minds can get to a point where it needs some natural tools in order for us to be successful. It needs it. And if I am born again, filled with God's Spirit, and I'm trying my best to apply the Word of God in my life, and I've done everything that the Scripture said, I've done everything that pastors have taught, and I've been trying and I still just cannot get up off the canvas. I just something I cannot push forward. If you still can't attain, if your mind is still holding you captive in a stagnant state, is it holding you in a stagnant state? Because your mind can do that in a stagnant state then you may need additional help. You mean other than God? Hold on. Hold on. Because I told you it can come from a lot of different things. What do you mean? It means that you need to talk to your primary doctor. Doctors are a good gift. Don't now 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 don't remember don't forget what I said. You're born again. You're full of the spirit. You've been trying to do all of this because the word works. Something has happened that I can't get to I just can't walk in what I've been taught. You need to make an appointment with your primary physician. Doctors are a good gift. They're there for a purpose. You need to tell them your concerns. You need to ask them, is there some additional help that can help me? Tell them what, you, what you've been doing. One of the things that we've done in church, and I believe this, I'm talking about just, just overall, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have made mental health seem as if you don't have a relationship with God if you got a mental problem. It's either a demon, but you can't be saved. That's not true. Did you hear me? Those are two different things.
Just like you can have a relationship with God and have, have high blood pressure. Don't mean you don't know God. You can have a relationship with God and have diabetes. You can have a relationship with God and get cancer. Doesn't mean you don't know God. But see, we made it seem like if you know God, none of this can come on you. But you live in that natural body that may need natural tools. Nothing to take away healing because Jesus is the healer and the Holy Ghost is there. But remember, you've done all of that. You know that. You know you've been trying all of that. But somewhere you cannot attach it where you can get up and move in it. Some people, you should have been to the doctor and you said, I'm not going because Jesus is going to heal me. And you may have a chemical imbalance in your life that you need some natural help from. And again, doctors are a good gift. It's not like, yeah, well, I feel like that, you know, I'm doing God wrong if I go. Well, you're stupid. And you're going to die. You get up and you go. You tell them what's going on with you. Because something may have happened that your mind can't connect to what, what you know to be true. You know God is the healer. I know. It's not something you heard. But it's something you need to hear, especially in this time. You can have a relationship with God. You can have a relationship with God and be obese. And if you've done everything according to the word, everything, and you can't stop eating, go to the doctor. It could be thyroid. It could be anything. You can't, you can't just say, well, okay, I'm going to... No, no. Now, 99% of the time, that's not the case. But if it is, you need to go to your physician and say, why is it I cannot stop this, that, or the other? Why is it I need help? They'll give you something to help you curb your appetite. Because you just can't do it. You, your, your mind has short-circuited. So you can't grab that word because it's coming fully and the word will heal you and the word will give you what you need. But if you can't receive it, you can't have it. So you better go to the doctor. So you can get some natural help. And you haven't two-timed God. You haven't wronged God because you did that. God said, no, I gave him a good gift. You need to Thank God that he gave us that. So when you short-circuited, you wouldn't be without. He said, if you can't get it from me, then go to the doctor. It's okay. Don't sit there and say, I don't believe nothing the doctor said. I'm not going to do anything the doctor said. I'm going to just wait on Jesus. And you're going to wake up in heaven. 
And you're going to tell him, I had planned to go to the mall yesterday, tomorrow, God. He said, yeah, but you would be, if you would have went to the doctor. Are you getting this? I want you to grab this. Because I don't want people making a fool of themselves or being silly about things that we should naturally know. But I'm not taking for granted that you just know it. Again, if you've done everything according to the word of God, and you can't kick an addiction, you may need additional help. There may be some chemical released in your, in your body. This is making you where you have to be addicted. A doctor can help you. Because you can't get you you can't grab that word. So they're gonna have to do something naturally. It's the same with your mental health. And again, listen, the large percentage of us that are born again, filled with God's spirit, apply the word of God, we maintain good mental health. Because we can bring our thoughts in captivity, but what if you can't, but you still love God? What, because it, it doesn't mean you don't know God, because you can't. It means something's going on. Hmm. Are you with me? Whether it's genetics, predisposition, or trauma. There are things that can happen in your life that can traumatize you. And you can have all of the Holy Ghost that you want and all the Holy Ghost that's in you. But remember this, the Holy Ghost is in your heart, not in your mind. He's not in your mind. He's in your heart. And if you can't grab that truth and own it and make it yours and walk in that, but you're still on the canvas... Um, the mind is very intricate. They can be traumatized. It can traumatize you just by a natural event. It can traumatize you to a point where it just your mind just short circuits. It's just a natural thing that happened, and you may need listen. I'm not saying that's all the way you need to go. You may need that natural tool of help to get your mind back in place where you can hear the Word of God, whether you can respond to the Word of God, where the Holy Spirit and you can, you, you, you can connect back with Him. But you've got to get the natural help. So now, what? My spirit is back on track. But sometimes you just might need something natural. To just get you back on track. If you've done all. What did I say? If you were born again. Filled with his spirit. You want your mind to gain traction back on the inside of your life. And sometimes it might take outside help. With your natural body. With your mental state. Jesus is the healer, and all you want to do is pray. And God said, well, I'm glad you stopped by Church of Living Water, because for this, prayer alone is not going to get you. You're going to have to get up and go to the doctor, because you have heard everything 
And see, we want to do all of this, and we want, don't want to do anything else but believe, you know, that, you know, I don't need to do anything else, and, you know, you know like doctors are bad. and uh, No, don't do that. Go. See what the doctor is saying. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't know God. It just means right now where I'm at, my mind is all messed up. I, I just can't concentrate. You know, if you're having a hard time concentrating in here, just hearing the word, your mind is messed up. And you start seeing different reactions in your body and things going on, and you be like, okay, you know, all I need them to do is lay hands on me. Well, you know what? I can lay hands on you. You go out here, and you're going to have the same symptoms. You're going to have the same symptoms. This one is still better. If you go to the doctor and you've heard all of this, and maybe your numbers are down, or maybe, or, or, or maybe you've been diagnosed with something, you need to follow the instructions of the doctor. You don't have, you don't sit around and say, well, okay, I'll just, you know, when they call down, just let them lay hands on me and everything. No, you know what I'm going to lay hands on you for? That you will get to the doctor and let them find out what's naturally going on with you. Because let me tell you, with all that we, we, we've been teaching and have taught over the years, if you're not walking in the healing being, you need a doctor. I don't, nobody's going to want to, don't want anybody to know that I'm just not hitting it right with God all the time. Well, you're hitting it right with Him if you obey that. If you go to the doctor, you just hit it right with God. God said, now I can help you. Now I can help you make decisions on this natural thing to get you where you need to be so that your mind can now get traction back on so that the healer can come in. Because all they're going to do is give you something for symptoms. All they're going to do is do treatments. But God said, but I'm the healer. But now that you're back on track, now I can heal you. I'm not looking for a doctor to heal me, but he can sure get me right. He can get me where my mind can be at peace. Well, now I can lift him up to God and say, God, I know you're the healer. And then I can look at the woman with the issue in blood and say, I can remember she went to many doctors, but at the time that she needed, when, when everything was back on track, she said, all I need to do is touch the hem of his garment, and I'll be made whole. And he said, what went out of me? It was her faith that made her whole. Why? Because everything was right then. But notice, she went to doctors. And they did as much as they could. And that's what the doctors will do. But it will help you. I remember one time I had my shoulder. I couldn't raise my hand above my shoulder. I said, what the, what is going on? I couldn't raise my hand. And so my doctor, I went to my doctor. And she sent me to whatever the doctor was. But he took a needle and shot some uh, steroids in my shoulder, and I mean in five seconds. They fell out laughing in the deal. I said, I'm healed, because that's what it was, the steroids. But I, and, and they laughed, and because, I mean, I, that's what I felt like. When you couldn't get your hand up here, and they shoot you in your arm, and all of a sudden your hand said, I'm like, 
I am healed, I am healed. But I but it was the steroids. But that's what I needed at the time. Did I still love the Lord? Very much so. Did I still know the Word? Very much so. But I'm not going to sit there in pain and just say, Okay, God, I'm just going to sit here and just let that hurt him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're going to heal me. Thank you, Lord. You're going to heal me. Thank you, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Foolishness. When doctors are a good gift. They say, Father, I thank you that the doctor I'm going through, you've already gone before me, sent the angels to prepare, and they're going to find out what's wrong with me. And, Father, I need to get my mind back on track because I know that you're healing. Because, yes, the laying on a hand is one way to get healed, and that can't happen. He sent his word and heal you. You can speak the word, you can heal it. But what if your mind is all short-circuited? What if you're all... What, look, what if you're busy reliving the past? What if you really be, uh, busy rehearsing all the foolishness that you're in, but you want God to heal you? Your mind ain't even set for it. It's not set for it. You got so many other things going on. Y'all made me stay here longer than I wanted to, but now you have to have an urgency. About your life and a concern about your life. To get your life in a place where God desires for it to be. And now, this is true about physical health, it's as well the same as mental health. There is no difference. You do not not know God because you got a mental problem that's stopping you from it. No. I think it is devastating to live your life in such a way that you just stay stuck. Stuck somewhere in your physical health. You're stuck. You can't be what God has called you to be. There's tools to help you for your physical health. You walk in there, you said, I shall live and I, not, and I shall not die. And I thank you, Lord God, that you, this is a good gift. And whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do. But I'm going to gear my mind up to, 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 to get to a place where it understands and know the Word of God and can walk in it. Don't mess with your life. Do not mess with your life. Now you see why I told you I didn't want you to write it down. I wanted you to listen. I'm talking about those that are born again, filled with His Spirit. You might need counseling. You might need counseling from someone in in the church. You might need medical counseling. You need to get it. You need someone to give you the tips and the tools. Whether it's counseling, medically, spiritually that you need but it often starts listen by having an open conversation you got to start there have an open conversation with a medical professional an open one saying here is my issues are they telling you the issue you said okay well, here's my issues. After they tell you the issues, then you say, now here's my issues. 
This is what I know to do. And for some reason, I can't get my mind wrapped around what I need to do for my life. See, you, see open conversation. So I need to start there. You help me do this natural thing, get myself naturally where I need to be, and then I'm going to do spiritually, you watch everything start changing. Because now your spirit man is getting on track. It's getting on track. And now I can say, okay, now I'm moving toward this. Now I'm and Then we can come and lay hands on you and you will be healed. But I've taken care of what, what, what should I do? Someone told me that their spouse was going through some deals, and I said, had they prayed? And they said, yeah, they prayed. They prayed. I said, okay. I said, well, tell them I'm praying for them, and I'm praying this way, that way, whatever. And, and they said, well, yeah. They said they prayed. And they said, after they prayed, they think they're going this way. I said, now, that's where you missed it. Prayer won't have you to think nothing. If you prayed and you said you've heard from God, you're not going to think about what you're going to do. You know what to do. God is not having you pray for you to go back and try to guess what you need to do. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I said I've heard from God, now I think I'm going to go this way. You have not heard from God. No, no, no. no. You may and you may have prayed. And I'm out of time, but you may have prayed. But when you get through praying and you say you've heard from God, it is never something that you think about doing. You know what to do. You know what to do. Because why? I've heard from you. Now I know what to do. Whatever it is, I know what to do. And they said, you know what? You're right. But see, everybody don't see everything. I said, if you're still thinking about it, you're still working on your own accord. And you, that's... What did we say? The games in life are won and lost by mistakes. Don't put yourself in a mistake like that and think on nothing. Especially when it has to do with life and death. You need to be on point. You need people praying for you that's on point. You need to say, my mind... It's all off on this. I done spent the whole time on this. I haven't even got to see. I was, I was really laying the foundation. I had to finish the foundation next week. Because I, I'm not starting the teaching until I finish the foundation. Because i got to tell you my intent and my purpose, my objectives for the whole teaching. But this is important. Because God said it was important. He said, you tell them just like that. So, they can, so people can stop acting like God didn't help me. Or when is God going to help me? When you go to the doctor. That's when God's going to help you. Now, as somebody else, you might not need to go to the doctor. Maybe you where you need to be spiritually, and you can just say, I believe I received right there. You go back to the doctor, and he say, you're clear. And you don't say, let nobody lay hands on you and say, okay, you're healed in the name of Jesus. And you don't go and check it with the doctor. 
I just believe I'm healed. I ain't even going back to the doctor. Now that's foolish. You go and let them clear. Even the leprosies, those, those that had leprosy had to do that. He said, go show yourself to the priest. You can't come back into where everybody is with all of that. You go and let them, let them pronounce you clean. Don't just say, they said I was healed, so I'm just going to come back in here with uh, uh, everything that I'm contagious with and just spread it to everybody because I'm healed. You said, okay, they laid hands on me, I've been diagnosed, or they said this, and, they, and, and I'm believing God I'm healed. Go to the doctor. Let the doctor tell you you're healed. Can you lay hands on my eyes so I don't have to wear glasses? Sure. I'm going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus that you have your sight. Now throw away your glasses and try to, run home, try to drive. Then we're going to see you at the hospital. Because that's foolish. Don't take your glasses off. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you heal, when you put the glasses on, it's going to be blurry. Now if you put your glasses on, it's the same thing you always seen. You're still right where you are. Or it's a process of time and you still need to go to the doctor. But if, if, if somebody lay hands on you and you put your glasses on and be like, oh, I got a headache, I can't see everything like that, more than likely you heal right there. But still go to the doctor. Everybody say, this is a balanced teaching church. That's what you need. You don't need a bunch of hype. See, I could hype you up with hyper grace. You don't need none of that. Hyper grace got you covered. You can go have sex outside of marriage and God's going to bless your womb. Because His grace will cover you. It's called hyper grace. I know people don't get it because they're not into the Bible like I am. That hyper grace will get you right. You ain't got to do all of that. But that's a lie. And I'm not here for that. I'm here to give you truth whether you like it or not. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care. Listen, I don't care if you don't like me. You're not here to like me. You're here to get the Word of God. That's all you, that's what you need. You need the Word of God. You need to know the truth. I hope this has helped somebody today. I hope it has helped somebody today somebody should have been helped because God said it was essential that I teach it and it's essential that I slow down and teach it again this takes nothing away from the majestic power of God but understand you live in a natural body and and understand that doctors are a good gift they just want your money Now, don't have me get a headache over here. i got to go to the doctor. Fooling with you. Now, now, truth, some doctors, they, they do want that. But haven't you prayed about the doctor that you belong to? Don't you have a primary doctor that you prayed about, that, that, that you're under care for and been under the care for? I trust my primary doctor. And if they tell me I need a specialist, guess what? I'm going. And then I'm going to get up here and teach the hell out of you. After I can return from the doctor. Okay? Simply put. 
Because that's the way it works. God's word works. He's given us every tool that we need. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.